0: Hallelujah! How about let's take a few minutes and ascribe some glory and honor to God. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this service tonight. We thank you that we can gather in your name. Lord God, hear the voices of your people. Give thanks to you, Lord God. Lord, we lift up our voices in concert here tonight. And we say, praise be unto you, Lord God. We've got so much to thank you for. We've got so much to praise you for. Lord God, it could have been so much worse, but your hand was there to deliver. It could have went the wrong way. but God. You were there. Hallelujah. We didn't even see when you were at work, but you were at work in our behalf. We praise you, Lord God. We bless you, Lord God, and we honor you tonight. Here at Christian Embassy, Lord, we're not going to take you for granted. We're not going to pretend that you really don't exist. We're not just into a church thing, God. We're in a relationship with you. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you to move and to minister mightily in our behalf this night. To touch and to deliver and to heal and to raise up and to encourage and to strengthen. Lord, we are here for You to praise You, to worship You, to learn of You, to honor You and to glorify You, for You are worthy. Can somebody say it? God, You're worthy. Could somebody say it like you really mean it? God, You are worthy. You are worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God, hallelujah. What an awesome God we serve, amen? What an awesome God we serve. Praise His holy, holy name. Thank you for being here tonight. I know the Lord is so pleased by seeing you here gathered together. He said it is where we are together in unity. It is there where He releases the blessing. And as we unite our hearts in worship here this evening, and we unite under the name of Jesus, there is no other name, right? There's no other name. Man, we got the most powerful name of all given to us that we can operate in, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So here as we unite together the blessing of God, let it be released upon you. He said as it would be poured upon Aaron's head, running down through his beard and into his clothes and all the way down to his sandals, let the blessing of God saturate each and every one of you as we are here in His blessed presence. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm excited about talking about something that I talk about all the time. I'm like, Lord, it's like, you know, it's just like I'm stuck. I'm stuck on talking about how good you are. I'm just stuck on talking about how powerful you are. I'm just stuck on talking about what a great privilege it is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, I I keep trying to go other ways. And he said, what other way is there? And I said, Lord, you know, I just want to give them some other stuff, you know. And he says, this is what your assignment is. So, you know, a teenager that was so sad and so depressed that he wanted to die and enter into an early grave and split hell wide open without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what, God saved me and he said, this is your assignment. I just want you to tell people how good I am. I just want you to tell them how powerful I am. I want you to tell them how much I love them and how much I want to bless them and how much I have done for them. And so that the devil's always trying to get them off track. I want you to help keep them on track, on the blessed train. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about answering the question, what is a turnaround specialist? What is a turnaround specialist? And I believe I'm going to show you way before CEOs and the corporate world got a hold of this that we're going to find the definition here in the Word of God. Uh, As you study the Word of God, you can get numbers in around verses 22 through 25. Uh, There's this detailed story about uh, a king. His name is Balak, uh, and he is the king of Moab. And he hired a mercenary prophet, a prophet that must have been broke, and said, I'll take any job. We'll we'll prophesy for money, uh, good or bad. So he hires Balaam to come and prophesy. Uh, so instead of speaking what God would have spoken over God's people, he wanted him to speak some negative curses over his people. So the love of money corrupted Balaam. And so, but he understood the power of words. And there's that's, that's a powerful, powerful message in this story that this prophet and this king understood the power of words. So he took the money to curse God's people with words and and, uh, as he stood there and began to speak these curses over God's people, he became very, very frustrated because he was unable to curse Israel. Deuteronomy 23 and 5 says, Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned, turned the curse. So Balaam was speaking a curse... And God intervened and turned the curse into a blessing for His people. I want to say that God is intervening where the enemy is speaking a curse over your life. God will not hear the curse. He is intervening and He is turning the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. That is a word for you. That, I know we're taking it way back in Deuteronomy, but I'm pulling it right here into 2018, and I'm giving you a word from the heart of God right now. The enemy is, knows the power of words, and the enemy is doing everything he can to get curses spoken over your life. But let me tell you what, there is a God. Hallelujah. And He is intervening, and He is not listening to what the enemy is saying about you, but He's turning the curse into a blessing for you. For you. Because the Lord your God, He loves you. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you about God. He's a God that He is not only a God of blessing, He is the God who blesses. He is a blessed God who blesses. That's what He does when He created us. We can go all the way back to Genesis and we see in His mind the first thing that He had uh, uh, on His heart when, when He created us was to bless us. He created man in His own image. He blessed him. He said with a threefold blessing, He said, Be fruitful and multiply or increase and subdue the earth, have dominion, exercise authority over every living thing. That was the order in which you were created because that's the heart of God. That's the mind of God for you tonight. That God has not changed His mind. The Bible says that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He wants you blessed He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to increase in life. Increase in life. And He wants you not to be running from the devil, but the devil to be running from you as you're operating in authority. Hallelujah. And let me tell you what, the first thing that was on God's mind when He recreated us, when you were born again, was to bless you. We see that uh, in the story of Noah, where the blessing came again after everything was made new. And He says, Be fruitful multiply, increase, subdue the earth, exercise authority over every living thing. We know that Jesus, when He walked on the earth, before He ascended unto the heavens, He says, the keys to death, hell, and the grave I have taken. I have them now. I have all authority on heaven and earth that has been given to me. And I give this to you, all authority over all the power of the enemy and that the enemy could be like scorpions and snakes under your feet. He by no means shall harm you. That's the word of the Lord. Over and over and over, the theme is consistent. He is a God who wants you blessed. He is a God that created you to be blessed. He is a God that even though He has allowed an enemy and an adversary to work in this world for a short time, and that adversary wants to kill, steal, and destroy and curse you, God says, let me tell you what, I want you to know my heart, and that is that you would be blessed. So when you wake up every day, we must know that we are blessed by God. And I'm here to keep reminding you. That's my assignment. I didn't split my head wide open on the dash of that car and die way back uh, when I was 17 because my assignment was to be here tonight and to tell you how much God loves you, and to tell you that God wants you to know and be reminded that you are blessed by God, that you are empowered by God to prosper, that you are empowered by God to be fruitful, that you are empowered by God to increase, that you are empowered by God to have authority and dominion in life, it's in your DNA. It's in your blood. Let me tell you, it's your bloodline. It's We were created by Him to be like Him. And he is a God of blessing, and he wants you to be blessed so that you too can be a blessing. Hallelujah. So, we have to be reminded over and over, if you're anything like me, that we must hold on to this I am blessed mindset. So, I'm here to remind you that we every day we need to be I am blessed minded. I want to remind, I want you to hear my voice. I know, I listen to myself on the radio and I listen to myself on some of the recordings and everything, and and I go, oh man, is that what I sound like? Anybody ever listened to yourself and said anything similar? Oh, is that what I really sound like? Well, it may, may not be the best voice in the world, but let me tell you what. He's carrying the best message in the world, and that is God wants you to know and be reminded that you are blessed. We've got to think blessing all the time. So we need some help. We need a coach. We need a pastor. We need to hang around some friends. We need to have some people influential in our life, and we need to be influential in others' lives as we help hold each other accountable so that we can think blessings all the time. That no matter what coming against us that we've got a God that wants to turn it in our favor. He wants to turn it for our good, and we must think with a blessed mindset. We must expect blessings all the time. I got up this morning, and my hair looked crazy. I'm telling you, it looked like I slept on my head doing what's that called when you spin on your head, a break dance or whatever. I don't know uh, what it was, but I was like, whoa! And I walked downstairs, and the family we got around the family, and I'm going, and I was trying to act funny because I knew I looked funny, and they were laughing. I don't know if at my act. Or my looks, or both, but nonetheless, I got up and I said, "Hair, you can be all messed up. It can be a messed up hair day. I don't care. I expect the blessings of the Lord. I know a shower and some shampoo and some conditioner and a brush and and a and a blow dryer. I can take care of the hair. God's already taking care of my day, and I'm expecting blessings. And guess what?" We found some money today, didn't we, baby? We were just sitting there and there was some money that was supposed to be ours that we didn't even know was ours. We forgot it was ours. And just sitting there loving on each other and talking, we found us some money today. Praise the Lord. And I don't know about you, if you feel blessed when you get some found money in your life, Uh, I'm talking about thousands of dollars, you know, does that make you a little happier? Praise the Lord. We're not talking about a quarter here. Praise the Lord. We're talking about some real blessing. So we need to look at ourselves and know that God has blessed us. And we need to look at others and know that God wants us to bless them. He wants to use us to be His hands and His mouth and His feet to be a blessing to Him All the time. Not just on one day a month or one day a week. We should expect blessings every day. And if you've not been expecting your blessings today, shame on you. Shame on you. But I'm telling you what, God has already forgiven you, and I'm willing to forgive you right now as well. So from the next few moments all the way to midnight, for the rest of this day, I want you to start expecting blessings. I want you to start expecting your God and who His true character and nature is to be true to His character and nature. He is not a man that He should lie. He is a good, good God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you look at others as how can I be a blessing to them, you then stay connected to this mindset in order for me to be a blessing to others. I'm looking to be a blessing to others, so I must first receive my blessings from the Lord because as God flows them through me, uh, if He can get them to me, if He can get them through me, He'll get them to me, Uh, you know, that old saying goes. So He's made you a vessel of blessing. He's made you a conduit of blessing. You and I are conduits of the blessing. Of, we're, the, we're the water hose, the garden hose. And the water is the blessing. And the good thing is if the water goes through us and wherever it goes, it, it touches us first. So we get blessed first. Praise God. What a good plan God has. He could have said no after you've proven yourself through the desert of life for maybe ten years. I'll start releasing some blessing on you. No, he says, as soon as you allow the valve to be open and the blessings to flow, you immediately get the uh, influenced by and touched by the blessings of the Lord. So I just I I just say open the valve, open the valve, and let the blessings of God flow all the night, all the time. So I'm here to encourage you to keep our minds renewed by the encouragement of God's Word so that we get this I am blessed mentality. I've met a lot of Christians in my time who feel like, oh, I'm cursed, everything's bad, Everything, the devil, you know, they blame God. God's against me, God's put sickness on me, God took all my job. Man, before I got uh, saved, I had a great job. Before I got saved, I had a lot of money. Now that I got saved, God took all that away, and God took my friends away, and God took, you know, my health away. No, the devil, the devil is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We were laughing at Father's Day, and, and, uh, and I was saying, asking the kids and all, I said, well, what would you want on your epitaph? You know, if you, had your, if you were, you know, thinking in that far, if somebody came by a hundred years from now and read something over you, what would, what would you want there? So they were thinking, you know, what I want my life to say in just a sentence or so. And one of the kids says, well, I know what daddies will say. And I said, well, what will they say? And I was excited to hear. Uh, and it would say, uh, for the thief has come but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give life and life more abundantly, John 10.10. And we just had a big, big laugh. They say they've heard me say that so many thousands of times, but you know it's the truth. It's the truth, and we definitely need to be reminded of that to help us get out of this cursed mindset and, and which creates a cursed environment. See, there is so is so different in how you look at life whether you look through it the lens of curses or you look through the lens of life through the lens of blessings. And let me tell you what, I say my God is bigger and stronger than the devil. Some people say they're even and they're just fighting it out. Let me tell you what. My God is not a created being. The devil's a created being. There's a day he's going to be chained up and cast into the eternal abyss, the Bible says, and we're going to laugh at him when he is. And you mean that thing right there calls all this torment? So my God is not on equal ground. So I'm going with God. And so I know we already have the victory. We already have it. We may be working through some things to get the victory manifest, but we know if God be for us, who can be against us? So uh, I'm, I'm going to keep the blessed mind set. And uh, and understand that God wants me blessed. Genesis one twenty eight. There be fruitful, multiply, increase, subdue the earth with authority. And if there's a threefold blessing, then there's a threefold curse as well. And he shows us that in Genesis 3 and 17 where he says, you will not be fruitful. I mean, the the devil just comes against God. He tries to reverse uh, what God has said about us. He's basically, the devil says, I'm going to make it where the land will not work for you. That you'll work so hard to make a living on this earth that your working will become like the prison sentence of life. You're not going to enjoy life and you're not going to be able to celebrate life. Uh, And and the devil says, this is just part of the curse. Just like Balaam was trying to put the curse on God's people. Life is is going to be a labor. You're going to consistently try to be productive, but you're not going to be productive. You're going to consistently try to make ends meet, but you're never going to make ends meet. You're going to consistently, you're just going to live from paycheck to paycheck, living by the sweat of your brow. Always dealing with lack and always dealing with short supply. That's what the devil says. And the devil says, your life's going to be marked by this. There never seems to be enough. But let me tell you what. If God intervened when Balaam was trying to get a curse on his people and God said, no, I've got another way. I've got a blessed life. I want them to live the blessed life. I want them to have the blessing. I believe that God wants to do the same for you here tonight. He wants you to be blessed rather than cursed. He has provided the blessing for us by becoming the curse for us on the cross. Think about it so that we could walk in the blessing of Abraham. I mean, the Bible is so to the point in Galatians 3 about that, that that was his heart, that was his desire to take the curse off of us that the blessing could come on us. So the curse is uh, not something that we should put up with. We should not tolerate the curse. The devil tries to bring the curse on us. We need to stand up in the name of Jesus. We need to exercise the authority that we have with the Word of God. And we need to operate uh, through the blood of Jesus. And we need to let the Holy Spirit of the living God who dwells in us begin to manifest through us to come against the devil, to rebuke the devil, to resist the devil and see him flee. Amen? Amen. So I'm here to tell you that God wants you to know that everything the devil's told you, God wants the opposite for you. Sometimes we have to talk from that vantage point because so many people listen to what the devil say rather than what they listen to God say. We were sitting there watching the news. Very rarely do we do that. And Townsend and I were just watching the news. I think it was yesterday just for a short season. And, uh, and he was shocked because that's not something we normally do. And he's like, wow. Man, they tell the, it's like they've tried to go find the worst stuff out there to talk about. And I said, you're right, you're right. And uh, I said, because people listen, people drawn to negative news and bad news. I mean, they, for some reason or another, they love it. I'm here to tell you that. So I'm I'm going to tell you from the vantage point, if you've been listening to the bad news of what the devil's been telling you, God wants just the opposite for you. Instead of you decreasing, He wants you to increase. Rather than you going backwards, He wants you to advance forward. See, the blessing is is for you to have a victorious life, to be more than a conqueror, to be more than uh, what you ever dreamed you could be. God wants you to be. See, see, the curse says you're uh, defeated all the time, but God says I've made you more than a conqueror. Uh, the blessing says that you're fruitful, and the curse comes in and tries to say you'll try to earn your living by the sweat of your brow. The blessing says you're up, the curse will say you down. So whatever the curse is saying, it's just the opposite that God has for you. So please hear this. Hear it. God has authored life. The devil didn't author life. God authored life. And it's supposed to be getting better and 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 better better all the time. Now, why would I say all those betters? Because that's how God said it in the Word, and I'll show that to you in just a few minutes, that God says, I want it to get better and better and better and better and better and better and better all the time. Every day is supposed to be better than the last. Every week is supposed to be better than the last. Every month is supposed to be better than the last. Every year is supposed to be better than the last. I want you to start expecting that. Some people say, well, I'm at a certain age and I'm going down the hill. Well, just begin to coast. Going down the hill, you coast. I'm telling you, it's an easier ride, but don't look at it as as a negative thing. Look at it that I've worked and I've saved and I don't have to uh, earn like that and I'm an empty nester now and I don't have to pay for five other mouths to feed and, and now I can coast in these areas, but it's not coasting to my demise. It's coasting in the blessings of the Lord. That's the way God designed it. Amen. So I say, why aren't a lot of people walking in this mindset? Why aren't a lot of people walking in this lifestyle? And my answer to myself is there's probably a lack of knowledge. They don't know what the word says. And when we don't know what the word says, then we won't won't have faith to believe what the word says. We won't say what the word says, and we're not going to receive what the word says. My people perish for what? a lack of knowledge. So we need to know. And that's what I feel like part of my assignment is to go over this over and over and over and over again. An example is in Deuteronomy 23 and 5. Deuteronomy 23 and 5, it says, Nevertheless, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but the Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing. This is the nature of God. This is the heart of God. This is the mind of God. And He did it for you. He didn't do it to show He was strong. He did it because He wants you to have the blessing rather than the curse. Because the Lord your God loves you. He turned the curse into a blessing. He turned the curse into a blessing. Somebody needs to say, my God turns the curse into a blessing. Hallelujah, my God turns the curse into a blessing. And I believe God is telling someone here this evening that it's time for the curse to be turned into a blessing. It's time for your turnaround. It is a time for reverse of the curse. You've been living under it. You've been allowing it. You've been listening to it. You've been being beat up by it. But God is saying, I don't want you to be living by, uh, from, from the manifest of the curse on your life. I want to turn it. I want to turn it in your life and I want you to receive the blessing instead. Hallelujah. Because His character, His nature is to turn a bad thing into a good thing. Uh, Your pain into gain. It's, It's just God's nature to turn your loss into increase. It's just His nature to turn your sorrow into joy. That's who He is. That's what He does. It's God's nature to turn the curse into the blessing. It's God's nature to turn a bad day into a good day man I've gotten into some days before and it turned bad really fast before I knew what happened and instead of letting the sun go down on a bad day I began to celebrate and worship and and thank God that you are the God that turns a bad day into a good day and I started expecting to see his hand turn it and let me tell you what he's never let me down yet it's his nature it is the nature of God to turn a bad year into a good year yes we're midway almost midway into 2018 maybe it's not been such a good year for you but don't you let that have any voice in your tomorrow beginning right now god is a god he's by his nature can turn a bad year into a good year he can turn a bad marriage into a good marriage he can turn bad kids into good kids he can turn bad hearts into good hearts he can turn uh, bad finances into good finances that's just his nature he's a turnaround specialist and I believe He's ready to turn your situation around right now. I believe that God wants to do a turnaround in your life. I know in the business world that we've served in now for a number of years and been blessed in that when com- we see that when companies begin to fail, many of them will hire what is uh, known in the industry as a turnaround specialist. And it's usually someone with a lot of experience who has also had a lot of successes in life and, and they're able to come in and they'll pay them a good dollar, pay them a good salary to come in and identify what needs to be changed and what needs to be built on and what needs to be tore down and what needs to be gone back to or what needs to be abandoned and new things that need to go to. So they help evaluate the situation and see where change is needed. And the company is always willing to pay a high dollar for it because they know when the turnaround specialist is finished and everything is set, there's a trajectory now that this company is going to do better than it's ever done before. Uh, before Because this turnaround specialist, they're just highly valued and they're respected and they're listened to. Now, I've seen situations where a turnaround specialists has come in And they received their compensation and they did their evaluation and they gave their suggestions and and they were willing to coach and help move things around. But the the folks that were in charge didn't like the suggestions. They didn't like the comments. They didn't like the new ideas and they they were going to stick with status quo. And the turnaround specialist, his time, his contract expired and he moved on, and the company just sat there stalemate. And then you would see it just eventually not even be on the horizon anymore as it would eventually shut its door. Well, I'm here today to tell you that we don't have to go and hire a turnaround specialist to come into our lives because, uh, let me tell you, we already have been provided one and, his, and the payment has already been paid by the son, His Son, Jesus Christ. So let me tell you what, if a man who is created in the image of God can turn around a struggling business, and if a man who is created in the image of God can turn around a failing relationship, and if a man who is created in the image of God can turn around failing finances, I say, how much more can God bring a turnaround in your life? How much more? If you will listen to what He has to say. No matter what you are facing, no matter how dark it is, no matter what the turnaround situation is, in your, uh, uh, situ- your, your circumstances are, God is in a turnaround business. Hallelujah. He's the turnaround specialist that can help you get it turned around beginning this day. Is there any area of your life that maybe you can identify that needs a turnaround? See, that's the first thing you've got to identify. Do I even need the turnaround specialist? Am I going to welcome him in? Am I going to listen to what he has to say? Maybe your emotions need a turn around. Maybe you're an angry person and you, you, you seemingly the anger is not getting better and better it's only getting worse and worse and you'd like to see your anger turn to kindness. Well let me tell you what, the turnaround specialist can do that. Maybe you're depressed. I meet people like that all the time they just, they just wrestle and wrestle and my heart goes out to them because I understand I was in that season for a long time in my life and and they just seem depressed all the time. Maybe you need to see your sadness turn to joy. Maybe you worry a lot. You you met anybody that's a worrier? I'm telling you, they just worry, worry all the time. Maybe that's you, and you'd like to have your fear turn into faith. God is a turnaround specialist. Maybe you need a turnaround in your business. Maybe you need a turnaround in your marriage. Maybe you need a turnaround in your finances. Whatever it is... I can venture to say that God is the turnaround specialist. You don't need to go and interview anyone else. He has every bit of the advice. He has every bit of the care. He has every bit of the power to implement it in your life if you will uh, invite Him in. So here's the million-dollar question. How do you experience this turnaround? How do you get your curse, these curses, turned to the blessings... The turnaround specialist, no matter what they say and no matter what they're willing to do, they always give you something that you have to do as well. There's a responsibility on your side as well because when the turnaround specialist is helping someone else, you've got some things you've got to have your hand committed to. You've got to take the wrench in your hand and you've got to start working with what the turnaround specialist has given you. Well, I asked the turnaround specialist what are some things that we need to do that I could share with you this evening, and he gave me several, so I'm going to give those to you. So the first one is this, four things you must do as you take the wrench and you begin to work what the turnaround specialist has instructed you to do. These are things that he's not going to do for you. These are things He's not going to do for you. He's not going to have His assistance. His angels are not going to do this for you. His Son is not going to do this for you. His Holy Spirit is not going to do this for you. It's things that you have to put your hands to. And these are four things you must do. And the first one is you must first choose to be blessed. You've got to make that choice. Nobody else can make it for you. You've got to choose to be blessed. You say, well, that seems mighty simple. Well, let me tell you what. If you don't make this choice, you will find that God, no matter how much He's trying to turn it around in your life, the devil will always still bring the curses into your life. See, Jesus paid the price for all of our sins. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. If you've ever sinned, if you could see the, the waste deep, I mean, if you could see the sewer of your sin, let me tell you what, it's raunchier than you think it is. And it's more of it than you think it is. We are all sinners. And we have fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. And let me tell you what, Jesus said they owe a debt they cannot pay. They'd work the rest of their life and they would sacrifice everything they have and they could not pay this debt of sin that they owe. So I'll step in and I'll pay a debt that I don't owe and I will wipe their account clean I will give them a fresh start because I want them to experience the turnaround and live in the original creative order that God has put us on this earth to be fruitful and to increase and to be able to exercise our authority over every living thing. Jesus has paid the price and we are saved. We are saved by the grace of God But guess what? In order for what Jesus did for us to be appropriated or applied to our life, we must choose to receive Him as our Savior. That blood running from the cross, that empty grave is all done for you, but if you don't choose what He has done for you, you will carry your sin and split hell wide open. You have to believe and receive what Jesus has done for you, so you've got to choose it. You've got to choose it. And in the same way, you must choose to receive the blessing. Joshua 24 and 15, Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods with your fathers served or that were on the other side of the river, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua was telling, we had to choose. We had to choose God. We had to choose God. Paul tells us in the Romans road. if you read Romans, you'll see, that we have to choose God. We have to believe that He has been risen from the dead, that He is alive. And we have to choose His uh, 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 sacrificial work on Calvary to be appropriated unto our life, that that redemption comes to us through the atonement of Jesus Christ. We must choose that. And in the same way that Jesus paid the price for every one of us to be saved, then we must choose. Him. He has also paid the price for everyone to be blessed and we must choose that as well. You're only going to be blessed if you choose it. I've met some of the most miserable Christians. I'm not doubting that they're on their way to heaven. I mean yeah, I'm about to say hell. Oh. Uh, you know, maybe you know, they're on their way to heaven. They, they believe that Jesus died for them. Their sins are forgiven but they, they don't believe that they were reborn to live the blessed life. They don't believe the nature of God, that God created us in the very beginning to be blessed and He wants us now to live out that blessing, to be like light in the darkness of this world and like salt in the earth. We have to choose to receive it. So are you going to live in the curse or are you going to live in the blessing? Deuteronomy 30 and 19, God said you've got to choose. He says, I call on heaven and earth as witnesses today against you and have set before you life and death. This is God talking. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Now, he did the parallel there, life and and death, and blessing, and curses. So there's that parallel in the Hebrewism there. So this life is parallel with blessing. So when he says choose life, he's saying choose that parallel. Choose life and the blessing, the blessed life, the abundant life that Jesus referenced there. Then both you and your descendants may live. So you got to make a choice. You're going to choose blessing or curses. You're going to choose life or death. You're going to choose success or failure. You're going to choose prosperity or adversity. It's a choice. Now, I don't know about you, but that's exciting that we're not just, we're not just out here in happenstance and something maybe happens and maybe doesn't. And this person, they, they, they hit it lucky and this person didn't hit it lucky. You know what? I used to believe that I used to, we grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. We grew up on where, you know, there wouldn't even cash. It was, we did trade and barter in most of the things. And, 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 you know, I, I know what it is to be embarrassed at how I'm dressed because I know it's been outdated 20 years and it was a handy down that, that is too big for me, but it's the only thing I've got to cover my nakedness. I know what that feels like. I know what, And I thought that this was my lot in life and, and that, you know, unless I got a lucky break, but when I got into the Word of God and I found that that God is such an awesome God that He cares about all of my life. He cares about even the clothes that I wear. He cares about the food that I eat. He cares about my relationships and He cares about the ma- the woman that I was going to marry. He cares about the children that I was going to have and He cares about my health and He cares about my wealth. Man, and I could choose Him and I could choose to walk in His blessing and, and know that while I'm being led by Him. He's opening doors and closing doors and laying out bridges and tearing down bridges so that I could find the right path in life. So I'm not just out here wandering on my own but there's a divine hand that is guiding my life and He wants me to be blessed. He wants you to be blessed and I had to choose. I had to choose. God, I'm going to walk under Your hand. I'm going to walk guided and led by You. I chose to be blessed and I pray that You would make a choice that I'm going I'm to line up my will with God's will thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven there's no curses in heaven there's no poverty in heaven there's no sickness in heaven there's no there's none of this stuff of the curse in heaven and I I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven so Lord that's my prayer I'm lining up my heart with you I choose to be blessed hallelujah does that mean the enemy leaves me alone no it may mean the enemy targets me the more But let me tell you what, what the enemy means for evil, i got a turnaround specialist, he can turn it for good. Hallelujah. Praise the name of God, and you do too. And then the second thing we must do is we must believe and acknowledge that Jesus Christ has already paid for the curse on the cross for us. Because if you don't believe the curse has been paid for, and you're redeemed from it, then you feel like the devil will talk you into saying, you deserve to suffer. You deserve to to go through this hardship. You deserve to experience this pain. Look at the pain you caused. Look at the stuff that you've done. And if you buy into that lie, then you will accept the attack of the enemy as really something God is doing in your life. And you'll say, through this, I, I learned humility. Thank God you chose to learn humility through it, through uh, going through this. I, I, I learned uh, uh, to be able to empathize with others. Thank God you're learning to empathize with others. But let me tell you why. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't have to not fight against it. Let me tell you what, we're in a warfare and the warfare can get really intense and we can have some casualties of the warfare. I understand that. But when you just are a pacifist, and you say devil you can just do what with me with whatever you want because I believe what you're doing to steal and kill and destroy my life is really being done by God then your theology's wrong and you'll not put up any resistance. Let me tell you what. I may I may go out go out from an attack of the enemy, but I'll go out fighting it in the name of Jesus, pleading the blood of Jesus. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to lay down my weapons because my weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to pull in down strongholds. I'm not giving up. And that's what I want every one of us to see, that what the enemy does and what the Lord does and what the Lord wants and what the enemy wants so that we can choose and understand and believe and acknowledge that our curse has already been paid for. Look at Galatians 3 and 13. I give you this verse a thousand times because it's such a powerful two verses. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. The law opened the door and said the devil could come in and bring these curses on you if you violated the law. That's what the law said in Deuteronomy 28. And let me tell you what, the devil took advantage. He had every demon trained that if there was any violation of any sort that they could pay on us and bring the curse on us but let me tell you what Christ came in and redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for curse it says cursed is he who hangs on a tree so he didn't have to sin he didn't have to break the law to get the curse on him because then he would have been disqualified to have sinless blood to pay for our sinful account So he had to be, there was a loophole. There was a loophole in the law. And in Deuteronomy it says that cursed is he who hangs on a tree. So when they tried to stone Jesus, they failed miserably. And Jesus probably laughed. He's like, you can give it your best shot, but a stone's not taking me out. You can try to beat me to death on the whipping post, but you're not going to kill me. You can do this and you can do that. Throw me off of the cliff. Everything you try to do and I'll disappear and walk through you because I can't die falling to the, my death and I can't die by a stone and I can't die on that whipping post. I've got to hang on a tree because the moment I hang on that tree, it goes back to Deuteronomy and it says now a curse can come on me. See, Jesus says, I don't want my people to to live under the curse. I don't want you to feel like you got to put up with a curse. I don't want you to let the devil run and do whatever he wants to do, open shop in your life. He said, I want to free you. I want to deliver you. I want to set you free. And I'm willing to push even if I have to have an assistant help carry this tree up the hill, but I'm going to climb up on that tree because I want your curse off of you so that my blessing might come on you. That's what he said in verse 14. He took the curse so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon not just the Jews who were in that covenant but the Gentiles as well that every one of us hallelujah that we have access to the blessing of God but you've got to believe and you've got to acknowledge that your your curse that debt has been paid and the devil will come up and say you deserve this and say you're a liar you're like, well, look, you sinned in the past. I don't see my sin in the past. That's under the blood, washed away, white as snow, far as the east is from the west, cast into the sea of forgetfulness. Hallelujah! I am free. I am white as snow. I am, bless the Lord, I'm pure as wool. And, and you got to claim who you are in Christ. you got to do this on your own. Amen? Amen? And then the third thing you got to do is you got to renew your mind with the Word of God. you got to get you a good preacher that will preach the Word he, you know, he might do a little jokes here and he can do a little calisthenics there. And we may even get something up here that blows up some fireworks. I don't care as long as it don't mess nothing up. You know, but let me tell you what, none of that, none of that's going to renew your mind. We can have a light show that you would think that you were at Disney World's final, the finale, at the close of of the season and the ceremony. But let me tell you what, that's not going to help you what you've got to do is you've got to have somebody encourage you and then you've got to take the responsibility as well to have your mind renewed with the Word of God. Our minds must be renewed with the Word of God and I would say daily, daily. Because Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that what? You may now prove what is the good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. We know what the good and the... uh, the acceptable and perfect will of God is, it's for you to be blessed. He created you. He breathed into us, created in His image, and He blessed us. He blessed us, He said. And He said, be fruitful, multiply, increase, operate in authority. Don't let the devil be over you. You be over the devil. Let him be under your feet. Hallelujah. So we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can prove we can prove what is the good, and acceptable, and perfect will of God. I'm praying that you here this night would say, I take the challenge that I'm going to prove. I'm going to prove it to my family. I'm going to prove it to myself. I'm going to prove it to my neighbors. I'm going to prove it to my colleagues. I'm going to prove it to my church folks. I'm going to prove it to my neighbors. I'm going to prove it to those in the marketplace. I'm going to prove that good, and acceptable, and perfect will of God, and if the will of God is for me to be blessed, then I am I'm going to start living the blessed life. And if God's will is for me to work and be blessed, well, then I'm going to start working the blessed life. And if my God says, I want your finances blessed, well, then my checkbook's going to get blessed. I'm going to start going to the bank. It might be in the red, but I'm going to start speaking to it. You're going in the black, and you're going to start increasing. You were were touched by God to increase, to increase, to increase. You've got to have your mind renewed by the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Do not be conformed to this world. That word conformed in the Greek. Who wants to say that? matizo is the Greek word. It means to be pressed into a mold so that you take on its image. To allow pressure to set your image. To have a pattern pressed into you. He says, "Do not be conformed to the world." He is saying there's pressure; you're having to deal with pressure. There's political pressure. There is financial pressure. There is social pressure. There is family pressure. Let me tell you what: there are relational. There's pressure that is trying. The demons of hell is trying to push you into the mold of this world, where you're to live a cursed life, controlled by what the devil says over you said, do not be pressed in. How are you not pressed in? Look at the word he used. By being transformed. By being transformed. By being transformed. Next slide. There we go. Metamorpho. Metamorpho. We get our word metamorphosis. You know what metamorphosis is, right? Caterpillar goes in, cocoon, sometime. And pressure there, but protection releases a butterfly that can go to a higher height than he ever could as a caterpillar. And here's what's so cool, the verb tense here. This is where I said I would prove to you that God wants you blessed more and more and more and more and more and more day and day and day and day and day and and every month and every year. He used this verb tense. The verb tense is present, uh, present imperative. You say, well, what in the world does that mean? That means to go being continually transfigured. More and more and more and more. And it really doesn't have an ending. I could be here, you know, Spongebob would say 24 hours later. And I'd still be here more and more and more and more and more. Because that's the verb tense there. Or day by day by day by day by day. So we have to have our minds transformed. This is how you're not conformed or pressed into the world's mold your mind has to be transformed and it has to go more and more and more and day and day and day and the Lord give me this to help me keep preaching to you the same messages over and over and over because I was arguing with him I said Lord I just want to get into some of this other stuff that you know you know and let us split this and you know kind of dissect that and he says this is what I want you to preach you preach that if you want but you by yourself I said, Lord, I'm not getting up there by myself. So here we are. So this is part of the transformation uh, that we get, that metamorphosis that is taking place so that we can live at that higher height than that full creative order of which we were so we're not crawling around, uh, you know, a caterpillar belly lifestyle, but we're able to fly and soar like the butterfly. Okay, so we have to have our minds transformed by the word of God. So that's why I promise you at Christian Embassy, we're going to be a word centered church and we're going to be a spirit led church and we're going to be a love of God church and the love of God doesn't see color. So you're going to see red and yellow, black and white and every mix of every color you can imagine that God brings to us. That's who we love because that's who we are. And we're going to show the love of God. We're also going to uh, operate with the power of God. We're going to let the Spirit of God... You're, if you come in here and anybody ever gets up here and says, uh, sit down, that's out of order. We're not having any Holy Ghost stuff in here. You got my permission to take one of your socks off and come up here and put it in their mouth, okay? Because we're not going to talk like that. If I'm absent, you can, you can put your socks. Say, Pastor, told me I could put my sock in your mouth if you're here to quench the Holy Spirit because this is God's church, amen? And we're going to be spirit led and we're going to have word centered. We're going to stay in the word of God because let me tell you, the word of God is so powerful. And I'll show you even more of that here in this final one that I'm sharing with you. And that is what must we do? Things that we must do. We must say what God says. We got to say what God says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Psalms 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we got to learn to say what God says. Now how easy is it to let our tongue just say something? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I got a headache coming on. I knew I was going to get a headache today. Yeah, I was outside in that heat and I was expiring probably dehydrated. Yep, that's exactly why I got this headache. Yep. I, man, this thing's going to get so bad by by midnight. I don't even know if I'll be able to go to sleep. No. That's not what God said. You got to learn to say what God says. Hebrews 4 and 12, it says, For the Word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Any double-edged sword. Now, if we're not careful, we will get caught up in the imagery and see the Word of God as a sword that is sharpened on both sides. And while that imagery is correct, if you will study what is being said here in its context, you will understand there is a deeper meaning here. That the Word of God is double-edged, which means double-spoken. It is double-spoken. Now, what does that mean? It means, if you'll study what other scriptures say, it says that the Word of God needs to be spoken twice in order to have its full effectiveness. Just like a sword is sharpened on both sides, you don't want to just use one side for it to be truly effective. You use both sides of it. And I could give you some warfare tactics of how you would do that, but we don't want to be disemboweling anyone up here in the sermon tonight. So we're talking about the Word of God with that imagery. It needs to be spoken twice in order to be effective. It needs to be spoken twice in order to come alive. It's powerful, it's alive, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. But it needs to be double-spoken in order to bring the results. Now here's the good thing, is one side is sharpened or spoken by God. He's provided that. And the other side, as God's order has set this up, this is not of man, that now it has to be spoken by man. So God speaks His Word and for it to have full effectiveness, then we have to speak what God has spoken. Once by divinity and once by humanity. That's God's plan. That's why God says in Romans 10, 14, how shall we hear without a preacher? We've got the word of God, which God has spoken, but we need man to speak it, because when it's double-spoken, it's the double-edged sword, it comes alive, it's sharper than that double-edged sword, and it can bring forth the full results of that which it was sent. So God speaks it first, He declares it, and then when you and I come in alignment and declare what God declares, then it brings life. Hallelujah. That's when it brings change. That's when, you know, and, and, and when the, the thing comes alive. But if you're in doubt you won't see it. You won't see it in its full effectiveness. Now, if you would think about your salvation, this is how you got saved. God declared salvation was available to all, right? And when you declared what God declared and said Jesus is Lord, then the miracle that man cannot explain that God saves you. You are born again. Your old man is passed away and you're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Angels are dancing throughout the heavens because you... Lined your tongue up with what God had said, and when you said it, that's why Paul says, you must say, you must declare, you believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, and you must say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Confess it, he said, and then you're saved. Hallelujah! So we see the double-edged sword working there, and we, that's how salvation came to us. God says it, and we line up with it. So it's the words that God spoke that created life. We are created in His image. It's why He has set this up. So the words we speak are powerful. And when our words align up with the words of God, it is now double-spoken and His word comes alive. His word is powerful. His word is active. And the devil knows this, so he's doing everything he can to get our tongue to line up with curses because there are curses. You can read in Deuteronomy 28, and there's more verses of curses than there are verses of blessing. And the devil uses that to his advantage and gets someone to say, you know, I've been a horrible person. I deserve this disease. I've been a horrible parent. I deserve my children not to speak to me. And and when you line your word up with a curse, then you get the curse. That's why he says, there's life and death is in the power of your tongue. Blessing and curses is in the power of your tongue. You've got to be careful what you come alongside with what you say. When God took the prophet Ezekiel, you remember this story, to the valley of dry bones. What did he say to Ezekiel? What did he tell him? He said, did he say, stand aside, Ezekiel. Move over here and I want you to observe something, prophet. I want to speak to these dry bones. Or did he say, Ezekiel, remember he said, son of man. See, He needed a Son of Man. He needed humanity. He needed humanity. I need you to speak to these dry bones. I need you to prophesy over them. And what happened? He prophesied to them and they came alive. The Word of God comes alive. The double-edged sword comes alive. It's alive. It's alive and it's powerful. Hallelujah. When the Word is like a double-edged sword and it's when it's spoken out of the mouth of God, and then you come and you say what God says in faith, believing what He says, it comes to life. It's activated. Now, if you could see this and believe this, you, you would change. it would change you. It would change you forever. You, nobody could mislead you. No one could trick you down the wrong path again. You'd be like, what? No, whoa, you grabbed that tongue. No, sir, I'm not going that route. Because I understand life and death. I understand blessing and curses. And I'm going to line my tongue up with what God says. See, everything that God said is alive. It's already, it's, he's spoken prosperity over you. He said, my son I sent who was rich to become poor that you who are poor might be made rich in Christ Jesus. He says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I sent my word and I healed all your diseases. He says, he says that my son took stripes upon his back for your healing. He says, I sent uh, to deliberate you and bring you up out of the muck and the mire and the, clay, uh, uh, and the pit and bring you up and set you up on a rock that is higher. He says, he says oh my goodness, he goes on and on and on everything that he says all the promises of God and they're all yes and amen so he said them they're out here they're yours and all you got to do is believe it and align your tongue up and be the double the second side of the sword to say it and it's activated it's activated you say well in 30 years it might come we're not talking about farming here that's sowing and reaping we're not talking about sowing and reaping we're talking about the power of your word And the power of God's Word. And when the two get together, humanity taps into divinity. And God, who had that active, makes it the reality for your life. Hallelujah. So that's why speaking God's Word matters. Otherwise, it's just dormant. When it's out of God's mouth. And that's not to say God's got a bad plan. That's just how God planned it. That's how He planned it. Isaiah 55 and 11, He says, So shall my Word be... He's talking about his word. He's explaining to us this. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. This is God talking. So God says, I'm sending my word out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. So he says, there's, a, there's something that has to take place. I'm sending it out, but it's got to come back to me. And when it comes back to me, what I send it to do will be activated and done. So we're sitting there saying, God, if you want it to happen, let it happen. God, you said it, and whatever you said, I, I, I'll receive it. And we're not sending his word back to him. Now, let me tell you, you speak his word without faith, and it's impossible to please God. It's not going back to him. So you've got to speak his word back to him in faith. He says, I know, I, 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 I've sent my word, and it's going forth out of my mouth and it's not going to return to me void. If you've if you got the faith to return it to me, that double-edged sword, that double-spoken, he said it won't be void, it won't be empty, it won't be without uh, effect. But it shall what? Accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Hallelujah. So all you got to do is get a word, whatever your situation is, all you got to do is get God's word on it, and you got to believe it. Not just get His Word. you got to believe it. And with faith, you got to say it. you got to declare it. And it will come back to Him and it won't be void when it gets back to Him because it will be activated and what He sent His Word to do will be accomplished, He said, and it shall prosper in what I sent it to do. Hallelujah. I don't know, did you get that? That is so good man, this stuff is so much better than my limited intellectual brain that I just want to speak in tongues. Yeah, <laughs> glory to God. That wouldn't me speaking in tongues a few minutes ago. That was me just trying to say, man, this is so good. I don't even have words to talk about how good it is. Hallelujah. So if you're discouraged because you don't think it's working, be of good cheer. I'm here to encourage you because God is watching over His Word to perform it. God is watching over His Word, waiting for you to speak it in faith so that He can work it in your behalf. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us in uh, Acts 10, and 46, it says that Peter was speaking the words of God. And as he spoke the words of God, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word and they were baptized with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues and magnify God. It didn't say as Peter was just giving some theological discussion. No, as he was speaking the words of God... By him preaching the word of God, faith arose, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and the faith rose, and the people who were hearing the word began to speak the word back, hallelujah, and they received the the supernatural uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit right there. I don't think if he was reading Newsweek, or a novel, or a biography to them, that would have happened. I don't believe it. I believe it took the Word of God, that double-edged sword, to get that first cut out there. Day of Pentecost, same thing. He's preaching the Word of God. God said it, now He's preaching the Word of God. And 3,000 folks were born again. I'm here to remind you this evening that the Word is activated when you believe it and speak it. When you believe it and speak it. So the four things you must do as the turnaround specialist comes into our life and says, I won't turn around for you. I want the negative to be positive and I want the pain to be uh, you to live in strength. And I want that sadness to be turned to joy. And I want that depression and that, that sorrow to be turned into a, a life that you're excited about. He says, God, he says, I'm a good God and I want this for you. And he, as the turnaround specialist, he says, here's, here's what you need to do. I'm doing everything I'm, I can for you, but here's what you need to do. you got to choose to be blessed. The devil's going to try to talk you out of it and say, I'm not a good God. And, and who are you going to believe? you going to believe the devil or are you going to believe me, saith the Lord? I'm a good God. I created you. I blessed you. First thing I did, the last thing I did, Jesus, before He was ascended on high, He blessed us from the heavens, even into clouds. I'm telling you, God's coming back and He's going to bless us. He's a blessed God. we got to choose to be blessed. And we got to believe and acknowledge that our debt. that And yes, we had a debt. We were in debt, every one of us. We were bankrupt. We deserve every negative thing the devil could ever send against us. But God had a plan to turn it around by sending His Son to pay our debt in full. And we got to believe that. And we've got to acknowledge that which brings us up out from under condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because when you're under condemnation, your faith is is challenged in such a way that you can't operate in it purely. So you you gotta get that condemnation gone. So you gotta believe and acknowledge your debt's been paid. You're debt free. You're debt free. You're debt free you're debt free you hear what I'm saying when it comes to your sin account you're debt free if you're in Christ Jesus hallelujah and then get your minds renewed being here on a Wednesday night not only do you bless this preacher so much oh I pray Lord let there be five cards let there be ten cards let there be fifteen let there be some people to preach this message to and then I get to come in here and you're here not only are you blessing my heart You're in a place where we will continually renew your mind with the Word of God. But don't limit your renewal to just that. You get in the Word of God. If you haven't picked up a Shepherd's Guide, it's a publication we publish of Christian businesses and ministries in Hampton Roads. Pick one up. And I forget exactly what page is in there, but there's several of them in there. It says, My Personal Confession. And uh, that's my personal confession. And I want, I share that. I'm trying to share that with all of Hampton Road, 250,000 people that, that come through the Shepherd's Guide. I, I, you know, there's a quarter of a million. That's not the 1.7 million who live here, but I want everybody to have that resource of, a, of con- your personal confession of speaking the Word of God over you. So pick one up and, and if you can tear that page out or just uh, dog ear it or whatever and save that uh and keep it on your desk and call any of those christian businesses as well you know they've signed a statement of faith you can trust them to come and serve the lord as they serve you in whatever capacity but that personal confession is part of this renewal of your mind and then you got to say what god says and that personal confession you can say it out loud you should say it out loud because you're saying what god says over you amen I just wanted to give you some tools tonight as the turnaround specialist. He and I have been spending time uh, this afternoon and uh, all evening, and and, and I just took notes from him. and, uh, And now he sent me here as his representative to share it with you and to let you know that there's a turnaround that God has prepared for you. And he does not want you to live under the curse. He wants you to live under the blessing. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Is there anybody here tonight can say, I needed this, I needed this? Don't just say that to help me out. I, I don't need that. I just want to know that really, amen, that you can take this and use this practical, practical uh, teaching and, and implement it in your life hallelujah. As I'm praying, I'm going to ask our prayer intercessors that are available if you'd come, our prayer ministers, and if any of you need prayer in any way, maybe you've strayed off from serving the Lord, you need to get back because the devil has full access to you and he can destroy you, he can can conquer you, he can can rip anything out of your life. He has full control if you're not under the blood of Jesus and you're not operating under his covering and so if if you've backslidden or strayed off, you need to come back to Jesus. I'm here to tell you the reason and you're here tonight is to hear how important it is for you to come under and in covenant with God and be renewed in covenant with God. So you can come. They'll pray with you. Maybe you've never come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. and. And, and God is speaking to you by His Holy Spirit that you need to be born again. Let me tell you what these prayer ministers will be so honored to do with you what someone did with them years ago in leading you into that relationship with Jesus Christ. maybe you've been under attack. And the enemy's been blowing up bombs all around in your mind and your spirit. And you said, "I just before I leave here tonight, I need somebody to stand in agreement with me and believe God for this healing or believe God for this deliverance or believe God for this breakthrough or whatever it is. These prayer ministers are men and women of faith and they will stand in agreement with you uh, to pray. Maybe you want to come and stand for someone that maybe is not here tonight and you want to stand in their stead and just be prayed for on their behalf. Let me tell you what. God is a God of miracles. God is a God of miracles. Man, they took, they took part of uh, Paul's uh, clothes and they would send a cloth off of him. Uh, to sick folk and they would get healed. Peter would be walking by and his shadow would touch people, they'd get healed. Jesus said, I just send my word, I don't even need to go. And the fellow, uh, the person at home in the bed was raised up. So if you can come here in faith tonight and stand in agreement to lift somebody up and be prayed for and, you know, on their behalf. These prayer ministers, they have the faith to believe God with you and do that. For us to send the miracle-working power across Hampton Roads or across the world, there is no limit to God's power, amen? So if you need prayer in any area, just come. Would you come? Father, we thank you. We thank you for your Word. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit. And God, thank you that you did not create this life for us to live it and, and, and to be cursed. Yes, there is a curse that the enemy has brought. But Lord, you are a turnaround specialist and you want to turn it around in our life. So Lord, if there are those here tonight that need a turnaround in any area of their life and would like prayer, God, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would just tell them to come on. Come on now, even as I'm praying, just come on up and get prayer. Lord, that we can pray with them and pray a prayer of agreement. God, we can touch here on earth, touching that which is accomplished for us in heaven and we can see it manifested in Jesus name, let them come let them come Lord, and Lord God let the faith, let the faith of your word and the faith of your spirit rise up in these ministers Lord, as they stand here ready to minister now God that they will pray with, with such a, 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 a fervency and, and, and such faith, Lord God that they would rock the heavens in Jesus name, hallelujah so let them come we pray Lord And God, we pray your blessings and your favor upon each and every one that is here this night and all who are tuned in. And we pray, God, that your hand of protection and your hand of blessing would go with them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would seal this truth of your word to their hearts and their minds that the enemy would not be able to steal these seeds of your word but that they might find good soil and produce 30, 60, or 100 fold in and through their lives. To you be the glory, to you be the honor, and to you be the praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, now we're going to remain here a few more minutes. If you need prayer, come on up. We'll pray for you. But for the rest of you, let you just go in the love of God. Make sure you love on somebody before you leave here. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck. And use your tongue to bless them in Jesus. would just take a moment and uh brought to my attention that our elder brother harry uh has a kidney stone and uh, that is not yet passed and he's still in great pain so could everybody just join with me in agreement as we lift up brother harry right now oh how he's prayed for hundreds if not thousands but we need to pray for him. Lord, we just lift up Brother Harry to you, Lord God. Lord, as his body is under attack and that kidney stone is there, Lord, we speak to it now in the name of Jesus that that kidney stone would dissolve and pass away in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak to his body. Lord, let it align itself back to its original creative order and let your healing virtue flow from our mouths, prayed right here, Lord God. Let the power of your Holy Spirit and your Word that was sent to heal all our diseases go forth and and bring healing in Harry's body. We align our tongue with your word and we speak it now. Your word has been sent forth and it will accomplish and prosper in that which it was sent to do. Send your word by His your stripes. He is healed. We send your word now in Jesus name. And now God we thank you that you touched him. We thank you that you healed him. We thank you that there's a turnaround even across town In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God.